The Bulls have three seconds to try a shot and try to win the game. This is the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Coming to you from the betting deck. I don't believe what I just saw. Here are your hosts. Jenks! Sideline! Touchdown! Unbelievable! Smitty and Q. Hey, good morning, boys. Notebook Wager in here. Sitting across from Matty Nails and Smitty on this Final Four Saturday morning. We got a lot to talk about. We got Final Four today. Uh, Smitty has a little information on some big pre-Kentucky Derby horse racing from him and his boys. Uh, I stay out of that, but he's well-versed. Matty Nails dips his toes in that water. And then uh, we'll sprinkle on a little baseball, and to finish off the show, we'll just kind of um, being a college basketball is done. You know, we'll give you a direction of the show, kind of what to expect over the next few weeks. And um, yeah, that's all I got. You guys got anything to start? Uh, I really don't have anything to start. I just love this time of year. This is one of my favorite times. Final Four baseball starting up. I love that we're getting ready for the Masters. I love that the uh, Kentucky Derby's on the horizon. And then we jump into the NFL draft. For me, people say this is a downtime. I think this is a great time, especially if you like uh, the NHL and the NBA. we got their playoffs looming as well. Yeah, Masters week coming up. Myself and Matt in a big uh, draft that just started yesterday. So that's exciting. It's always fun to compete in that with the boys. So, uh, no, I agree with Matt. A lot of things happening right now. Got some horse racing today. You got baseball, Final Four. It's a big day. Thing, good things are happening. All right, let's just jump right into this because we got a lot to cover today. All right, so Final Four, we have two matchups. First matchup at 5-15 today, you have Baylor, minus five, taking on Houston. Over under 134 and a half. I think you guys covered this really well with Greg as well as the other games. So um, I don't have much more to say on it. I just think Baylor is the better team. I think Houston relies on a three-point shooting too much. And I think they go on some major scoring droughts at times. I think Sasser can take some great shots, but he can also take some piss-poor shots. And I think Baylor's just going to be too much for him. I mean, Baylor's, you know, been inept for a few minutes each game, but I think uh, this is a good matchup for Baylor. It's a good defensive matchup to kind of get them ready for the national championship in my mind. Um, I think Baylor is almost perfect in a teaser down to a pick uh, but I, I'm even going to roll the minus five. I agree. I think Houston just doesn't have enough punch, period, to – to handle Baylor today. Baylor still averages around the 80-point mark. Houston does only give up the 56 points a game and have continued to do it in the tournament. But now they're going up against the best uh, three-punch scoring guards in uh, all of college basketball right now. They're dumping in 46.4 points a game. That's Butler, Teague, and Mitchell. I'm, I'm with you, Q. I'm going to lay the five, I think. And I'm probably going to look... I hate to say it. I hate betting unders because it's just not as fun as betting an over. I'm going to look at the under 134. I don't think I'm going to play it, but I'm going to I'm going to check it out this morning when I'm in the gym. But for me, I'm laying the five with Baylor. Yeah, you got Baylor. You know, uh, you know, Matt said off air, not a lot of line movements in any of these games. You have Baylor minus five. First half is minus two and a half. You're looking at uh, first half scoring the Cougars at 30, Baylor at 33 points, and then the game team points on my site, 65 and a half for the Cougs, and Baylor's at 70 and a half. So first half play was not, maybe not a bad one with Baylor too. I agree with you boys. I think way too much. I don't think um, – I just don't think Houston has really a chance in this. I think Baylor, if they're hitting their shots – and they can lock you down defensively too. I think they're going to be too much. I, I, you know, I'm playing a teaser for sure. I would tease Baylor down to a pick them. I might take the minus five also, but I might look at that first half on that, but I just think way too much. I'm going to look at some player props when they come out on my site 
you know, Vitel, um, maybe a rebound over. He's going to have to hit the glass because, you know, the Cougars are going to be really pounding that offensive glass. So my some player props might come out, but I did not have info on that yet. I I think we killed it the other night, though, when we said one of these two games is going to be competitive. And which one is it? And I, I think it's got to be this one just because of the smaller spread the way Houston plays D and if Baylor's not hitting their threes then it makes them susceptible to a loss. So uh, this is the one I think you have to lean where it's going to be a tight game all game. And can Baylor just get over that uh, minus five hump, which I think they can. Yeah. Close game can be like, I mean, sometimes I think a close game could be in that seven to eight range. You know, like you said, Cougars might take it down a little bit, but then Baylor maybe goes back over the, a hump here with the the spread. Well, I'll tell you what, with free throws, it could be a close game and the score doesn't give it justice. You get, I mean, Smitty and I took a game, teams down 15 within two minutes. It was my Gators against Arkansas. They get it down to two. We have plus 10 on a teaser and they lose by 11. And it was minus, it was a two point game with like a minute and 40. So the score didn't do it justice. Obviously I won my bet. So that's a, uh, a tight game there that you can still cover spread. Uh, but I agree, and we'll, that's a perfect segue in the next game. I don't think the next game is going to be much of a competition for Gonzaga. You know, I know Smitty's been riding to UCLA in the plus 19. You know, credit to him, he's won some money this tournament. But, I mean, they're running into Goliath. And in our group chat, guys, you know, I stand firm on this. Gonzaga could beat anybody in this tournament by 30-plus if they truly try and they, they're not trying. They try for the first half. You get a three-quarter effort for 10 minutes into the second, and then they're just coming up the court, shooting the ball with three seconds left on the clock, just trying to eat the game. Um, any one of their starters is a star on any other college basketball team. Um, UCLA, this is a Cinderella run, but you're running into a beast, and uh, I don't think you have enough to get over this wall. I don't think you have enough to even keep it close completely agree to me uh, uh, we we really covered a lot on wednesday night uh, i'll be riding the zags minus 14 and then smitty and i have a little side bet i actually am so confident i went to zags minus 19 smitty the cheap sob tried to get me up to 20 i mean he's already getting an extra five this kid wants an, an, another point Every it's, day I'm hustling, hustling, hustling. He's the guy that takes a 13-point teaser in the NFL and no wonders why he had a 10-leg parlay. Yeah. So we, we touched Wednesday, too. This, to me, is the perfect old 1985 Georgetown-Villanova game. UCLA has to slow this down to a, a, literally a snail's pace or they're going to get run out of the gym. I I would look – at one thing, maybe UCLA to keep the first half under in play. But I think as this game goes on, I think the Zags will get theirs. I think they'll get their easy runouts. I think they cover. I don't know about the over. Greg really liked the over at 145 and a half. I would probably lean the over in this one. Roll the Zags. Look at the over. Don't don't sweat this one tonight. Got UCLA first half. 30 and a half Zags, 38 and a half team points, 65 and a half for the game. UCLA 80 and a half for the Zags. You know, I thought they said it well on the uh, daily wager last night that I kind of like UCLA in the first half. You get them at plus eight and a half. I think they're going to compete early. Now, some of them on the show said Gonzaga is one of those teams that can be only up by two and then can 10 points on you real fast, which is very true. They made some good points too in the second half. Gonzaga sometimes they're up by maybe 16, 18 points. And then it's kind of, they take some kind of crazy shots because they know they're in cruise control. And that's how they think UCLA can cover this. I love the Bruins today in a teaser. I'm taking up to 19 and a half. I'm going to match it with Baylor. I got the 19 with Maddie and a little side wager. I might take UCLA in the first half too. I think Cronin's going to have a, I think he's going to, he's a good coach. I think he's going to have something there. I think the Zags cruising this, but I hope they don't win by 20 points. And they <laughs> win by 30. Me too. I don't think that's going to happen, but we'll see. 
Um, I don't know. Smitty. Maybe we'll get a little in-game wager too. Bump this up to a case of beer or something. Oh, there you go. All right, we'll do something, man. Just I'll be around. Just keep texting me. So okay, so that obviously there's only two games, um, and I, let's just touch on this real quick. So there was a big coaching, well, two big coaching changes. So Chris Beard leaves Texas Tech to go to Texas. Uh, we've known that for a few days. It was just kind of needed to be finalized. Um, and that was after Jacques Marcus to Marquette. Uh, but obviously the big move uh, is reported Porter Moser is going to go to Oklahoma, which I'll be honest, I did not see Oklahoma on that radar. Uh, uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Our other uh, sidekick, Kaminsky, really noted that that would have been a perfect gig for Moser to go up to Marquette, another Catholic school. And, and make an easier transition. I mean, hey, if Oklahoma's going to throw a ton of money at him, this guy can he can retire already. Go to Oklahoma, win some games. Who knows if he wins there, that opens up the door to any school. And look at look at what's coming around. I mean, Roy Williams just retired. How much longer is Coach K going to be around? We got some big names getting ready to leave this sport. So this guy might know a little more than we do. I really like it, and I'm going to touch on something real quick. I just read Duke has gotten their fourth top five-star recruit, I think, for next year. So uh, it looks like the Dukies will be back next year. Yeah, they have another one, Matt. Um, I was reading yesterday, of course, now the name's going to go. He's like the number four, number five prospect out there. And his dad is the Milwaukee coach. Milwaukee Wisconsin, like Green Bay? Uh, yeah, University of Milwaukee. Yes. I'm going to look them up here. But also, there's – so Duke was in the running. But then on some of those sites, when that kid signed with Duke, now there's some of these guys that make these predictions saying, uh, this guy's not going to go to Duke. Now there's some rumors that he's not going to go play for his dad. You know what team might be in the mix too? Wolverine. My, George, my Georgetown Hoyas. And if that would be true, that would be two five-star players rolling into Georgetown next year. So keep that in mind. I'm going to look them up as you guys are finishing. Uh, you know, Beard, I think not a bad not a bad move by him to go there. He got a ton of money. Now, it was funny because I wrote you guys with, with um, the Loyola coach, and I saw that on Twitter, and it wasn't – again, I don't know the person that put it out there. So I didn't see it anywhere else, and I was like, huh, I wonder if this is true because I kind of thought the same thing. I thought that was a little weird going to Oklahoma. I was a little surprised, and I was like, is this really this official? And it, none of the other basketball people were saying anything, so I was like, I don't know if this is true. Then it started kind of coming out that he was in the mix. Now, I heard – I thought this was kind of funny. They said that you know Loyola was trying to throw also in like some incentives, like season tickets for the Cubs. I said maybe <laughs> after that big pirate win, he was like, "Eh, the Cubbies aren't going to be that good either." So I'm not going to the Cubs. <laughs> I don't know how true that is, but watching, watch. I told Q watching some of the Cubs relievers the other pitching that game. I was like, I don't know if the Cubbies are going to be good. So he might not be a Cubs fan. So. I think he'll do a good job there. I thought it was a I thought it was a weird place because I thought Matt said it well. There's some there is some big names leaving uh soon. So Matt, what do you think? UNC well, both of you, what do you think? Uh who's gonna get the UNC job? So you can go ahead, Matt. No, go ahead. Uh, I'd love to hear what you say. I, I was actually gonna segue this into a conspiracy theory. Um <laughs> I thought it was just so I read an article. So UNC, it sounds like Roy Williams. He, I think he's going to have some huge influence, you know, as who becomes the next head coach there. Uh, it seems like he wants to keep it in house, um, or in house, I say, either an alumni, a former assistant who had been there, you know, bring him back, or maybe off the bench. Um, I kind of thought maybe UNC, with the timing, would throw a wrench in Porter Moser's plans because, I mean, that is. UNC is a Cadillac job. You know, I think the big schools are Kentucky, Duke, UNC, and, uh, you know, Texas just because of the money. Um, I thought that's kind of where maybe we were leaning, maybe some rumors that Porter Moser would go there. Um, you know, his resume, I think, certainly supports it. And then you give him four or five-star talent, like he's going to win a couple titles at UNC. Um, I don't know, maybe Oklahoma. So, you know, obviously Loyola was given some incentives on their contract, maybe – 
Oklahoma gave them some Skinamax maids that come weekly or something. <laughs> you know, um, I, that's just what I thought personally, but I was way off. So here's my take. Um, I, I mean, this is probably one of the top three, five jobs for college hoops. And I think with the recent success of guys like Penny Hardaway at Memphis and Jawan Howard at Michigan, I think they're going to look because, I mean, recruiting is now so different. I think they're going to look to a former player who Does is coaching coach somewhere. Uh, who's the coach of Bandy now? It's Jerry Oh, uh, yeah, that would work. Uh, Hubert Davis was first on my list. But, okay. Uh, um, I, I just think that's the way teams are going to start leaning now because then it gives them more clout with all these guys. And I'm sure guys like Stackhouse have an Instagram and a Twitter and they can get word out that way. So th that that would be my lean. If not, they have to go. They, they, if they keep it in-house, it's not going to be a flashy name. And then the only thing you have to sell these kids on is, hey, UNC basketball, which has been down a little bit. And then if you go a huge name, who are you going to pull to come there? So it, it's going to be interesting to watch. I think they're going to go with the, the players, a former player, and see if they can market it that way. That's I agree. Team. I mean, some of the gambling sites, Uber Davis is number one choice. Yeah. And I've seen Stackhouse. Now you have some people that saying, well, what's Jerry done at Vandy? I mean, not much. Really well, hasn't done much. What do you get at Vandy also? <laughs> Say it again. I said, well, what do you get at Vandy also? Yeah, I mean, Vandy's been a pretty good basketball program throughout the years. I mean, they're not a powerhouse by any means. They're sometimes can have some pretty good teams. But I, I agree with Matt. I, I think he said it very well there with the Twitter and, and all the, the young, just being a younger guy. I, and Larry Brown came out yesterday, too, and said, whoever gets hired, it has to stay in the family. It seems like that is from some of the older coaches and players that's what they want somebody in family with that program so i think you're looking at uber davis or jerry stackhouse probably davis leading the, the pack there so i'll have to google see how like what other players are coaching somewhere i i haven't done that much research on it but i mean not i mean the only one that sticks out that has has coached before that's in this early morning that i can remember was jeff lebo Lebo was at a smaller school, did well. I think went to East Carolina and did not do as well years ago. So that's another guy. I'm not sure where Jeff Lebo is right now coaching. That player, just I looked him up. His name is Patrick Baldwin Jr. And he is out of the Wisconsin area. And it his dad must be the head coach or a coach. And it is it would be Wisconsin-Milwaukee. So it's between Duke. Wisconsin, Milwaukee, and they do have Georgetown on this site, Kentucky, Michigan. But it seems like some rumors again started popping up about maybe Georgetown yesterday. So we'll have to see. And that's like uh, playing for the Yankees or playing for the Pirates. <laughs> Matt, you, it's funny you brought up, you know, that you think it'll be um, an in-house guy or a coach. And that kind of segues into another topic. And then this kind of actually touches into Smitty's too. So these players, you know, when they commit, they want to go where they're the star, right? He's, I don't see him going to Duke and being the fourth or fifth, four or five star kid with an opportunity to maybe not play. You know, he wants to play. Um, with that being said, it's funny, Roy Williams, they ask him like, what, what was the turn in the decision to make you um, call quits? And, and he had, you know, very easily said it, it's the, the direction of college basketball. And that kind of touches at Smitty, what we've always talked about. Um, Nails, you know, you brought it up as well. But these kids, the, Smitty, if he goes to Georgetown one year and then he transfers because they have a down year and they're trying to gel, you know, and then he goes somewhere else, that's the direction Roy Williams hates is all these transfers. And you look at all these kids, Smitty and I are at lunch and we're just seeing kid after kid just hit the transfer portal literally on the bottom of the screen. I mean, Florida has four kids in the transfer list. Uh, the SEC, there's one team with five. You know, Wahab's leaving, Maryland's guys leaving. And then we're looking, and Wahab is in Georgetown, and <laughs> Smitty likes to call him his handler. And we see Maryland center leaves. Well, then Smitty informs me that now Wahab's considered Maryland because. I saw Maryland VCU, and there was one more, but it was just kind of funny, too, like you said. 
there and that rumor's kind of breaking and then it was like now there's you know then the kid from maryland leaves now it's kind of like a green light to go there so I agree with you. I think it's out of control. I mean, Penn State, I mean, I brought up because Kaminsky's a big Penn State fan, and so am I in basketball. Most of their starters are leaving. And, you know, we said the other night, I said to uh, Greg about the kid out of Colorado that started at Tulsa, went to Colorado, went back, and then he brought up a guy, too. I can't remember the school yesterday, but it was someone again. Played somewhere, left for a year, went to a different school, and now he went back to the same school you start. I mean, that to me is crazy. I think he said it was a kid from New Mexico then went to Townsend Townsend. Yes. Somewhere else back to Towson. So yeah, and like I can't, this, this was not the same. This was a whole different kid yesterday that I saw that is going back to, he started a school left for a year and now he's back at that same school where he started. I mean, that just to me, what are you doing? I mean, how is a coach like, Okay, so we're so you, Smith, you're a coach. You come sit in my living room. I have my 17, 18, 16 year old son, you know, sitting here, and you're you're a premier, you know, coach, and and you're telling me why my kids should go to your program, you know, and the and the whole thing was you can win a national title, you know, you can get a great education here, you know, but you're looking at minimum two to three years, right? You know, maybe if your kid's good, he leaves a little early. Uh, what do you do as a coach to try to recruit now, like? well, I hope I can keep you for six months out of the year and it just happens to be basketball season because I know you're going to leave if we don't win the national title. Like, how do you, if as a coach, how do you recruit? I, I, you know, and it's it's so hard. You know, Georgetown, again, having a great, I'm just going to use Georgetown because that's my team. You know, I wasn't expecting a lot this year. They had they brought in a lot of gra- transfers from like Siena and Northwestern State and you're kind of like, eh, all right. Well, they go on a good run. They get in the tournament. They didn't play well in that game, but whatever. I mean, you're excited. Then you have all these kids coming in. I mean, they have that Muhammad kid that's like a four or five star. Matumbo's kids coming in there. They have two other guys. Then now there's rumors that uh, the point guard from Miami likes that oh, I think yeah. was hurt a lot. Well, that's another rumor that they think he's going to head to Georgetown. Well, but then you have Harrison, the point guard, that's – the freshman and he just got biggies player in the, you know, of the tournament. Oh, well, how's that going to work? And then you start thinking about, okay, so is he not going to be happy? Is he going to leave? That's the same thing next year. It's so hard to get behind going, okay, we got this great recruiting class. Well, how long do those kids stay there one year and they go pro or they come in and they play all the time and go, well, I don't know. I'm going to leave. It's so it's not like before when you could go, wow, we got this great recruiting class. They're going to be there two, three years. We're going to probably be good for a couple of years now. I don't think you can even get that excited anymore because you just don't know what's going to happen. Okay. I have the answer. I have the answer. It's it's now turned into the NBA. Where can I go to win immediately with as little risk as possible? Where can I go play with my friends? And now that I'm allowed to do this, I'm going to do this. So Hey, I'm the point guard from Miami. I have three buddies who are playing for Georgetown. Wow, I can not lose a year. I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to Georgetown. I'm out. I don't like it here. Blah blah blah. This that. And and if you're the coach anymore and you're going to sell recruiting, okay. When the parent is in the room, and I'm gonna say parent versus parents anymore. So when they're in the room, you're you're gonna say, hey, what a great education. We do this. We do that. As soon as that parent leaves the room. Hey, we're going to get you strippers. We're going to get you booster money. You're going to be taken care of. Come on down. Check out the campus for three nights, blah, blah, blah. Ah, just it's a mess anymore. Do I love the sport? Absolutely. But behind the scenes, I'd really love to see what's going on. We're going to have a mess of this for a while until this transfer crap goes away. Do you think, um, and then we'll go to baseball, but Smitty, I was just telling you that the NCAA got crucified in a Supreme court hearing a couple of days ago about the, you know, pay for play. And, you know, their argument was, well, we're paying for an education and room and board. And, and while that's true, uh, the, the, I guess the, I don't even know if it was just a hearing with Supreme court or this was Supreme court questioning them. They were like, well, that's true. The average player maybe costs you a hundred thousand a year. Let's just say for easy numbers. Um, so if a kid stays for four years, it's 400 grand. But then you have a kid like Johnny Manziel who probably brings you four million to forty million dollars of revenue. Like that's not comparable. And 
Do you think that maybe we'll have if if this continues on this aggressive path for this pay for play or the ability to market yourself? Maybe you you obviously don't play for a contract to a school, but you can sign, you know, an autograph or whatever. Do you think that will change the way kids do one and done in college basketball or the way recruiting is done? You know, maybe you go to um, a program that has Jordan versus Nike or whatever the hot topic is. Like, do you think any of that matters or is that a separate issue? Uh, I So I'm actually going to back the NCAA and how they handle this. I don't think these kids should be paid. I mean, look at average Joe, you and I who went to college, we were in debt till we were 30, paying off student loans. These, they don't want to admit it, but that is an amazing thing to get a four-year scholarship from a university, especially a giant university. Now, I do think they should be allowed to seek money out on their own, like you said, if they want to do autograph signings, anything like that. By all means, I would say do it. If you can make money, why are they not allowed to make money? But we are not going to pay you. I, I've I'll stick to that gun as long as possible. I don't care how much money they make the university. University is a business. Basically, you're an intern for that university. I think you can look. I think you can look at it both sides. I think Matt made a good point there. With you're there, you're getting so many free things. I mean, you're getting your education paid for. You're getting so many things on the side, like food, clothes, like what they bring in. Yeah. I mean, for like the clothes they give them is just mind blowing. And but again, then you hear stories of, you know, these kids go down and their jerseys in the bookstore with their number on it. And you're like, well, that's my jersey. They're selling it for how much money? And I'm not seeing a dime of that. I can see that argument too. I agree. I think they should be allowed if they want to do an autograph thing, they should get paid. I mean, there's nothing. I think there's two sides of the argument and you could really argue, you could argue it all day if you really want to. Yeah. I'm in agreement. I think they should be able to seek it out. Um, But I was actually kind of maybe on the stipend end of it. You know, it's yes. If you're a big guy, go make as much money as you can sell New Jersey, you know, whatever. Um, but obviously they don't sell uh, offensive tackles jersey in a store, right? So I think maybe you give them, um, I don't know, when they when they come to your campus, you know, depend on if they play for you for the full year or not, give them $5,000 stipend for everybody on the team and call. And that's, hey, we don't care how you spend it. Do whatever you want with it. Gamble it and double your money by listening to Notebook Wagering, whatever. Uh I don't know. I think it's they could eat that cost. Certainly it gives them a little money in their pockets because they're not allowed to get jobs right now. You know, they can't work at Subway because it's it's been a problem. So maybe that maybe a little small stipend that way it's even, you know, to everybody. But they do get that. We just don't know about it. I told Q the other day at lunch. I think, that. <laughs> I think Brian Bosworth, I, I'd have to ask Garve on this one because he's a real big Brian Bosworth guy, and I know he had this book. Bosworth would just go out in like the oil fields and just lay on his car and watch the pump go up and down, and they were giving him a lot of money, I think, back in the day. So I have a story. I won't name any names because it could have implications. Uh, Smitty and I went to Slippery Rock University in western Pennsylvania. I have a best friend who played on the tennis team there. He got $200 a month to play tennis at Slippery Rock University under the table, $200 a month. But I mean, back in 93, three bucks was a great night to go out and get drunk off a gag party. So 200 bucks <laughs> for a college kid back just- in that, that day goes a long way. If you're getting money as a D2 college player under the table at tennis, what do you think these guys in major? Uh, I was just going to say that because tennis, I don't remember tennis being a powerhouse up there when we were there. They were actually good. The women were actually <laughs> okay, excellent. Okay. And then yeah. maybe I just didn't pay. I had a tennis class one time. I played it. So just, just go back to the old movie, the program. When, oh, great movie. When the freshman running back came out and he literally made like two plays in one game and they're at some dinner afterwards with all the boosters and some guy just comes up and slips him an envelope with like 500 bucks. Hey, keep up the good work, son. Two plays, you you get 500 bucks. We'll never hear the truth, but I know these guys get money, period. Hey, how about uh, Odell Beckham Jr. handing out that 
quote unquote monopoly money after his team won the national yeah. title and he's yeah. he's handing them 500 bills yep. i love it we probably just got the rocks tennis program in major trouble there <laughs> 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 we're not going to get anything in the mail about coming up for alumni weekend so i'll just go up it. as an alias <laughs> love it uh all right boys that's kind of all i have you know obviously if coaching carousel continues um i kind of like that term coaching carousel I love it. Uh, you know, we'll keep up to date with college basketball. We're probably going to do one more show for the national title. So uh, between now and then, maybe UNC makes a big hire. Maybe some changes happen. Um, so let's kind of jump into the direction of the show in terms of baseball. So we'll give a little teaser today, but the direction is um, and we're all in agreement that we're going to sprinkle in some baseball each show from now until, let's say, uh, the draft. So what, three weeks? Um so we really want to go draft heavy because we all know that NFL is America's sport now, not baseball. Um, so we're going to try to bring on some big name guests for the draft, have a little analysis. You know, we're not quite sure. We'll discuss on how we want to do it. Maybe we do over the next three weeks, the first 10 picks, 11 through 20, whatever, and, and so forth. Uh, but we really want to hit draft heavy because that's a big, big topic. This is a crazy draft this year with the amount of quarterbacks, the teams that need quarterbacks. Uh, so this could be a um, a move heavy in terms of trades draft. It could be a wild one that we haven't seen in a while, um, which would be great entertainment. But after that, we're full fledged baseball. Uh, so just bear with us. You know, we got like Matt said, we have a lot of sports going on right now: baseball, basketball, football. Um, you know, derby, golf. Uh, so you know, speaking of golf, we'll talk about that. You know, on Wednesday. Um, I know. Smitty and Maddie are pretty solid in there. And, you know, I like to dabble. Um, so, yeah, we'll try to cover everything for you guys. And uh, that's kind of the direction of the show. So, Q, I should have brought this up off air. I have an idea that we can do for a show, too. We can do before the draft. I think if we get four or five guys on the air, we could probably get Dr. Brent and uh, Kaminsky on. We should run a live mock draft like the experts do who we think is going to go where, why, et cetera. And uh, I, I mean, give everybody like two minutes time to, to sure, make a yeah. pick. Yeah. I and then, like and then hit, yeah, hit it out that way. A lot of experts do that. They, they do their live mock drafts and see how yeah, it Yeah, I like out. that. Yeah. What do you got? Do anything? No, I like that idea. All right. Yeah, yeah we'll, 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 we'll that out. Put that down. We'll talk uh, after the show. We'll get that squared away. And, um, we'll but I'm ready there. for baseball. Let's say that. I already got some pirate tickets, Smitty. No, I, can't I, wait, I, know. Nice I can't wait there. to go see a game. Can't wait. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm waiting to – I got Nats season tickets, so they keep delaying it. Um, so I, I got oh, Monday's geez. tickets, so I'm hoping that um, you know I can get there and be open today. So they did tickets weird this year, so I have a half game plan. And uh, normally they you know pre-upload all 42 games for you, but – because of the mayor's only given 5,000, you had to like almost bid for your tickets for the month of April. Uh, so it was a little stressful. Um, so I, I, because I've only had them for three years, uh, I didn't have an opportunity to get open a day. So maybe since Monday I have them, maybe this will be open a day. It'd be nice. Um, let's just jump right on in. Speaking of the nationals. So they've had COVID, uh, they're not playing. So that's an issue. Like these kids, now they haven't practiced in a week. Um, and we don't know when they're going to play. We don't know. It sounds like maybe there's a fourth player who has it. Uh, their, their roster moves, you don't know who has it because they've kind of gone incognito with who they brought up. They brought one up from like a player from every position, you know, so you can't really key in on it. Um, but Smitty and I were kind of talking, and then we'll kind of get into analysis. At what point does Major League Baseball say, hey, I know you have a farm system. We got a 162-game schedule. I know it's early, but we can't continue to back games up and playing day after day after day. You got to bring some guys up and play. I think that's tough, though, because they have to first narrow it down to who it is, who this contract tracing say could potentially be another carrier. There's an easy solution to all this. Just get everybody freaking vaccinated. Just, just it, 
problem solved. Okay, if we, if we have this zillion dollar business that you guys want to work, I'm pretty sure we have enough uh, vaccines now. Go out there, get these guys vaccinated, get it done. You eliminate all the air if, if this thing works. Otherwise, I think we're going to have more problems. I don't think it's going to be as bad as what has started out right now as cases seem to drop, even though we have some hot spots again. And I hate bringing this subject up, period. But too bad. I, I, I Give them a loss. You're not, you're not following protocols, in my opinion. So get vaccinated, figure it out, move on. Yeah, I'm not going to go into my political belief on this show. We've always said that, that we're not going to try to do that. But play ball. Bring guys up play. Uh, or like Matt said, give them an L. Simple as that. Play baseball. I'm done I'm done with this. Especially, too, if there's one guy, then they're trying to say, oh, he was by that. Give, I don't even want to hear it anymore. It's done. <laughs> so, I mean, probably understand why this you want to play ball. The Nationals will be one of the attrition. You know, I think they're just catching early. It's I think every team will face this at some point. So this will be a reoccurring issue, whether it's in D.C. or, or Pittsburgh or wherever. Uh, so we'll just kind of have to see how they how they go with it moving forward. Um, so opening day was a little wild. Uh, they're the heavy favorites went. What was that, Smitty? Uh, two and three or one and two? Uh, opening day. I'm going to say heavy favorites was minus 200 or more. Yeah, the Dodgers got smoked. Well, the, the, the opening day, the three major favorites were San Diego, the Dodgers, and the Cubs. And so the heavy favorites, heavy. So I kind of look at the top three. They were one and two that day. Okay. Blown leads was kind of the story. So the Dodgers blew a lead. Um, the Cubs trailed the whole game. But then um, the uh, – shoot, who else blew, blew a lead? I had them. Um, Smitty, who else? Help me out here. Who else blew the Yankees. lead? It was like Yankees, Yankees blew, that's blew right. the lead. Um, so I had those. Tough day. I rebounded yesterday, went 2 0. You know, I'll tell you, some of the teams are hitting on all cylinders and some aren't in terms of offensive production. <laughs> uh, and then we heard that Cleveland radio host rant when they lose the game 2 to 1 or 3 to 2. They just struggle to snow in. The bats weren't going, and some guys like, oh, just you know, get get rid of the team after one game, and he's screaming at him like he was mad about a player. He was saying a player didn't have a good year last year, two years in a row, and he takes pitches down the middle, and then he swings the balls down in dirt or something like that. And then yeah, the host then kind of said, I guess you didn't watch when he hit in the clutch last year or the year before, and the guy. Yeah. Then kind of like stuttered, oh, and, and, stuttered and, and then he went in that full rant. I guess he does that all the time. That's his shtick. So I love know, it. good for him. It was funny. So I think right now it's kind of the, the time to get dogs. I told Smitty this at lunch the other day. It seems like April you get a lot of dog wins, a little fired up, maybe at home dog. Uh, it's their first, you know, home series of the year. And then you, I think we really start to see it pan out where – you know, the heavy favorites don't always sweep, but they're going to win two or three and three or four. So almost this is a time to maybe look at that dog money um, and try to, you know, get your bank account up some with some big upsets early on, you know, because baseball is a grind. It's probably the hardest sport to gamble, in my opinion. You know, the tip of a hat, a league can change or you cap a game and a pitcher just has a bad outing. And I didn't see Kershaw getting rocked for eight runs. Um, it's a great pitcher and it happened i lost the bet playing the rockies that's a that's a asterisk on your your betting card every day when they play the rockies yeah. you never know what's going to happen up there in course i'm going to switch gears just a, a tad so i was up late watching i believe it was mlb tonight on the mlb channel and dan plesak was talking about the new ball and how it's supposed to be a little deader this year and uh he said that the pitcher's Gripes already are struggling to get grip, even though they've pitched pretty well. And he's also heard that the hitters are basically coming back into the dugout, rumblings, grumblings that, hey, I got all of that, but it didn't go out of the yard. So it happened in the Yankees game. Yeah, I wanted to believe that the other day when we were on with uh, Greg, I brought up that same point. I think the ball is a little 
a little deader this year. Now, it is early. The, the temps are cold. The ball, of course, doesn't jump. So I'm going to give it time. But I hope that they did deaden it out. Uh, I was, uh, I'm done with all this launch angle and home run after home run and K after K. I want some baseball. I want some hit and runs. I want some steals. I'm, I was depressed when I heard that Alberto Mondesi is out for the Royals because that dude can steal 60 bases and make a game even more exciting. Change it around. I'm ready for the the whole season. Baseball is my pride and joy and always has been. And how long is he out? Because I didn't see that one yet. Um, there no timetable. Ten day IL. He tore his. Or he didn't tear anything. He he hurt his uh, rib cage or okay. something so that, there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he'll be back. Yeah. Now, I like what Matt said too. I agree with Matt. I, I like I like small ball. You got to get back to some buns, some hidden runs just trying to like a chess game this striking everybody out and trying to hit all these home runs it's just boring i, I agree i'm not a big you know the, the launch angle of this guy or the velocity off the ball off his back you know what i don't care it hits a hit just go back to playing ball i don't care about all these crazy weird stats sometimes in baseball it bores me i call them the computer nerds um and I know some people like it and that's great. I mean, that's good for them. It's not me. So, but no, I, you know, it's tough right now. Baseball is hard dogs. This is a sport that dogs can bark. They did last night, seven games, two faves win five dogs, one last night. So very, you know, very tough. Your heavy favorites last night went two and one Dodgers Padres got the win Boston. And I, I gave out the over in that, and that surely did not happen. Baltimore with means through a fantastic game, one hit ball, I think through seven, uh, for Baltimore. Now today it is officially Matt Harvey day in Boston. So, (laughs) you know, I already have that down on my paper. Bet the over. It is. Uh, yeah, I looked at that. I think it is five and a half or six team runs for Boston. But I, I took a chance last night with the Marlins team runs over three and a half. I went so 0 and 1 early afternoon, 3 and 0 last night. And the Marlins, again, were not hitting the ball. I think they got shut out the first game and they were shut out for like five or six innings yesterday, too. They came back and did get four. They blew the game, but I did get that winner. So I kind of like teams sometimes if they don't hit the day before to maybe look for a bounce back. I think this is a great opportunity for Boston, especially with Matt Harvey. This is not the 2014 Matt Harvey. So look for Boston and maybe rebound in this one today. The key to baseball is finding trends. And we talked off air. um, So we've already, Q has already brought up that the White Sox just crush left-handed pitching. So when you're – yeah, when you're looking at a card and you see the White Sox going up against a lefty, check it out. Um, another thing, like the Marlins that Smitty just brought up and the Rays both play 81 games indoors, so they're never going to have a, a delay. They're never going to have a rain out or something with weather. So lots of back-to-backs that don't get canceled. Their, their unders typically play better than their overs, and it showed yesterday. Uh, it, the key is trends. A lot of trends, and, and it takes about a month to figure out some trends in baseball. So don't get frustrated early. Like they always say, it's whiskey and a revolver when you're betting baseball. Yeah, you're very pedestrian the first month because you really don't have any data to go on except for you know what these guys did last year. Especially and, after 2020, though, Q. We have okay, yeah, I mean, data. Years. Yeah. Um, you know, this – okay, so that kind of brings me to the point. So the White Sox the last two years have made progress. I mean, they were – down in the dirt. Uh, two years ago, they had a somewhat decent season. They had, it seemed like they were going to have a really good year last year. It seemed like the guys were clicking. They had some weapons. And then I just don't understand this. Smitty and I capitalized on it yesterday. How are they a dog to the Los Angeles Angels? I just – I feel like that's stealing money. I mean, I know they lost the first game, but they blew that game. They were leading the whole game until the eighth inning, and Pohlholz hits a home run. You know, I'm very curious as to why they're dogs. They're pitched. They're a better team than they are last year on paper. They played well last year. They they played decent the year before. Like, how are they still getting disrespected? I think two things early for that one was um, somebody somebody said it. I don't know if it was on Twitter or even just on the internet. They're worried about the bullpen, even though because uh, uh, it's all fresh signing, so they don't know how they're going to gel out there. And then the loss of Il, Il Hoy Jimenez, 
really is going to hurt their offense a little bit. So looking today, they're only a slight favorite today. Um, so they're not a dog again. today. Yeah. Um, but I think Lance Lynn, and they're on the road. And now we do have fans. So going on the road might play a little bit. Um, it's something to keep an eye on. But just, hey, watch out for those lefties. Yeah, 15-0, one yesterday, 16-0. I think Henny uh, for the Angels didn't pitch great in the spring. Dallas Keuchel, you know, pretty good pitcher. He's engaged uh, just a smoke show, Kelly Nash. So, you know, I, I told Q the other uh, yesterday, I'm like, I mean, the guy has to be in a great mood. I mean, getting engaged to her, I'd be in a great mood too. So I, I thought it was easy. I gave out the team runs over. It was only at four and a half. They hit a grand slam like in the second. So, I mean, I just needed, I flipped it off for a little bit, turned it back on. They had seven runs. So, and then I did a parlay run line with them and the giants last night too. And that was a winner. I'm two and oh so far. So I'm right now looking at these teams that are, Little bit of dogs with the run line, and you parlay them, and you get a plus money, and I'm 2-0 in that. I hit that on opening day, and I hit it again last night. I'll look again for that today with some teams. So, you know, keep an eye, too, on the weather with the wind blowing out in some of these games. That's what I do every day. I like to get up and kind of see where the wind is blowing and who's pitching. Again, you know, the Cubs game yesterday against or two days ago against the Pirates, wind was blowing in a lot. I still think it went over. Pirates scored some runs on that. The wind is blowing in again today, I believe. So that that one, like Greg said, I think they don't give out the totals on regularly games until like that later morning because of the wind conditions there too. So I want to. It will be interesting to see what the wind can or the over under is set for that Cubs game today. Uh, I hate to do it today, but I'm going to look at a huge favorite today. I mean, if you want to put it in a money line parlay, I think the Padres absolutely roll today against the diamondbacks it's a it's minus it's minus 203 which is a crap price for us but if you want to roll a bunch of other games that you think are going to hit throw them in a money line parlay today well you could get a run line parlay too maybe a little right, better but and the reason i, I, I wouldn't that touch is, that I, the reason i say that is the d-backs really don't have any offense you know i, I shy away from trying to get a two plus you know run win but they just have nobody. I mean, the Padres are so stacked. You know, you have a rejuvenated Joe Musgrove who came from a terrible organization. Now he's, you know, on a team that's competing for the a deep playoff run. You know, you would think he's going to pitch lights out, have a new life. They're just – the last two games, uh, Tatis hasn't really been hitting. Like, he's got to come in and maybe get something going. I that's a spot with a bad offensive team and the Diamondbacks. You can certainly look for a run line. I'm going to play the money line too, but it's not a bad play because uh, they're not playing a juggernaut offensively. Q, you touched perfect. Uh, Musgrove actually goes home. He's from San Diego. And um, I believe uh, police may have broke this down last night as well, that Musgrove over his last three starts last year, granted it was 2020 and who knows it could it is the anomaly outlier but i guess he actually had the best overall pitching numbers his last three games i think he averaged 14 it would have averaged 14 k's a game as well so it looked for him to carry it over i mean they're at home they have all the buzz he should come out there throw a gem i can't believe if anybody watched the game last night they yanked blake snell after four and two-thirds innings last night, he gave up four hits, no earned runs. And I was like, what are you doing? He came off the mound again. It was like a game six of the World Series. He's arguing with the pitching coach. And I'm like, <laughs> man, I'd be angry too. If I'm if I'm getting bonus incentives for wins and I'm getting bonus incentives for even winning a Cy Young and you're yanking me after four and two-thirds, we're, we're, we got a problem. Yeah. I mean, he's an ace. Why are you pitching him? Less than half the game. Yeah, he's not coming off an injury, and he wasn't in trouble when they yanked him. Supposedly it was pitch count. They wanted him to get around eighty-five pitches. He had eighty-six. Come on, you're telling me this dude can't crank out fourteen more pitches? Easily, easily, no problems. So it's like he got pulled in that. What was it? The wild card game? They pulled him or the playing game um, against the Yankees, I believe, and he was irate. Yeah, I mean he's he's not exactly the most mentally stable dude in the first place. He likes to. He beats to the his own drum a little bit, so. Hey, it happens. Um, it's you keep mentioning, please, Zach. 
So it's not Zach Plezak, obviously, who pitches for the yeah. Indians. I like them today. Uh, so Zach Plezak pitches really well against the Tigers. Um, <laughs> the Tigers are in a total rebuild. They have uh, Tehran pitching today. He's had a decent spring from when I was reading. Uh, but I'm just not a Tehran guy. I used to be a Braves fan. Uh, so I kind of tracked them still from time to time. Um, he didn't do well with them. I mean, he had one good year. Then he goes to the Angels. Didn't do that great there. Uh, I'm going to fade Tehran anytime he pitches. Uh, please, Zach, he did really well. He's a rookie in 19. Uh, pitched a little bit last year. Um, I believe he was actually one of the guys involved with Clevenger going out to the club or whatever. So he, I think he served a suspension. Uh, but the Indians, you know, they don't have the biggest bats anymore since they got rid of Carlos Santana and uh, – Francisco Lindor, but I think they can pull it out against a sorry Detroit team. And then I'm probably going to, you know, big juice, uh, two teams I'm going to go with. Uh, I just think the Dodgers are going to muscle uh, the Rockies again today. John Gray is not a really good pitcher, um, and, and they're going to start hitting the ball uh, consistently. I mean, they're the best team on paper. Uh, but then a bounce-back spot is the Yankees. I think Corey Kluber pitches really well. Ross Stripling struggles in Yankee Stadium. I believe he's one in four there with a higher ERA. Uh, I think they bounced back. I mean, they should have won the first game. They blew it. Smitty, you betting the Buckos today? Uh, probably not. I didn't bet him the other day either. I mean, I'll be rooting him on. You know I what I think you should do? I, I really think you should do this. Okay. I think I think you should bet the Pirates every day, every game, a dollar, and just see what happens. I, you know any, what I would, any way you want. I, I mean, you don't have to bet on them. You can bet against them. You know what I, think I did. You should do it. You know what? Last year, some run lines I took, and they did really well with the run lines. They would lose the game, but they would cover the re, the the run line. So, yeah, I hope they play well. I mean, it was nice to see their bullpen. Like I said, I think it's going to be this, one of the strengths of the team. Pitched extremely well the other day. It was nice to see the young guys again. Hayes had a home run. Newman had. Two hits, I think. Frazier's swinging a bat. I'm really shocked that someone has not come in spring training and got him in a trade. Guy can hit. I, I, I think they'll. I think they'll wait, buddy, till. Uh, till oh, I, I agree with injury. you now. Yeah. I absolutely agree. And I told Q what I like them doing. Rodriguez closing that game out the other day. You know, if he pitches extremely well and can close games out for him, you know, that's a guy that will be a good trading uh, chip for them to get some. Um, some people back. I mean, he's not going to close for a contending team, but he could be a good seventh inning guy. So I was glad to see that he closed that game for the Pirates. But I think I think Kyle Crick would be the better name to move. Yeah, the, the thing about Crick, his velocity on the fastball has gone down. Now the slider is still has still really, really good. He's right now, I think his wife just gave birth, so he's not on the team right now. He should be joining the team here any day probably. But, yeah, he would be another one. Good slider. But the loss of velocity has been a little weird over the last – I think it's now they said in the spring he was not there again, and last year his velocity was not good. So that's a little bit of a concern in my opinion. So, you know, I, I you know, and I want to say because, you know, I wasn't bashing all stat people because Jason on our show is a big stat guy. It's oh, just you not can make fun of him all you want. <laughs> no, he just I love Jason's stats. Jason just sent um some good umpire information of uh who's the home plate ump today. And I do like his info uh with stats. Again, I'm not a stat guy. I'm not trying to bash all stat people with that. Some people, you know, how Jason breaks down games, he uses a lot of stat. I do more trends with like Matt said, with some stats sprinkled in and just kind of my opinion. So not trying to bash all stat guys with baseball because I know there's a lot of people and they do probably a lot better than I do um, handicapping these games. But my likes today, I haven't, I got to dive into it. I'm five and three so far in the year. I'm going to look at some team runs today, maybe some over. I'll for sure look for my parlay run line with two teams, 2-0 and so far this year on those. I'll be looking. I think one I looked at, and I got to just double-check this again, the Twins at Milwaukee, uh, maybe with a run line uh, parlay with somebody else in that. They blew the game. I, I won with them on opening day, but they bad just blew that game against Milwaukee on opening day. But you know I'm going to have to do something maybe with the Boston 
Matt Harvey game. <laughs> just have to. <laughs> I think I think I'm gonna do so. It's early yet. I, we got some time. I'm definitely gonna put a three-team money line parlay out there. It's definitely gonna include the Red Sox to beat the Orioles. It's gonna be the Padres over the D-backs, and I'll probably throw in the Dodgers to uh, wrap up their series or their Saturday against uh, the Rockies. I mean, it's Walker Bueller against Jonathan Gray. Gray's he's actually okay at home, but uh, I mean, that's a heavy hitting Dodgers lineup. You Mookie can go either way. Bellinger. Uh, I, I think they roll again, probably put up big points over under 11 and a half. Man, that that's high, but uh, look for them to, uh, you know what? That's not that high. That That's more of an eight to four game. So there's three teams that I'm going to look at money line. And one play I really do like is the Phillies today basically in a pick them at home. New guy Zach Wheeler on the mound against Charlie Morton. If I can get a pick them with the Phils at home, that's who I'm going to roll with. Yeah, our buddy Trackside wrote me. I think that's the game he's leaning towards too. He likes the Phillies today. Yeah. Uh, I'm not I'm I'm a Charlie Morton fan. I think he's a pretty good pitcher. He's back with Atlanta. That's where the Pirates got him. They got the Pirates years and years ago got him in a deal for Nate McClough. So, Oof. remember that trade? Oh yeah, you probably have his jersey. Uh, or at least the bobblehead. Nah, let me see. The bobblehead? No, I do have a Ryan Doman uh, bobblehead up there. Uh, oh, you know the best one I might have? I'm trying to look here who I got. Ronnie Polino. Nice. Who was the guy? Remember Freddie San- I have a Freddie Sanchez bobblehead. I have a Freddie Sanchez. I got an Adam LaRoche, Freddie Sanchez, Ronnie Polino, and a Zach Duke. Oh my oh, God! That, throw that, throw that right in the river. <laughs> actually, hey, you know what? We can make fun of Zach Duke all we want. He actually had a long career. Yes. Oh yeah, he did. Became a great reliever just a couple. Yeah, of for years the ago. White Sox, I believe. Yeah, right? was yeah, pitching yeah. in Arizona and the White Sox. Yeah. And you know, Matt, you'll like this one. You know what poster's staring at me right now too? Down here in the betting base basement here. The bull, Pedro Alvarez. Oh, I Bobby Bonilla. Oh God! A Bobby Bo gets paid every year, July first, from the New York Mets, million dollars. You need one of those countdown clocks that, they, that teams have in their locker room, like when they play their rivalry, and it just says payday and put he, it. Right he above. probably oh, he has he just lays on his couch and goes, "You could, can you imagine? I've said this, like your wife could be arguing something with, like, hey, will you go out and cut the grass? No, I'm not cutting the grass. In two days, I'm making a million dollars. Be quiet." You know what Bobby Bo does? Probably every year on his payday, he gets one of those net jets. He pays. He just takes his check right to uh, PNC Bank, cashes it, goes buys one of those net jets, goes off to Vegas, spends that dough right back home. You know what I like? What's those machines? You know what he should do? I like to see, and the Mets should do this just to make fun of themselves. They should invite him. And those machines that the the money's blowing and you you're trying yeah, to oh, yeah. money and jam it in your pocket. Yeah, they should do that with Bobby Bonilla and just bring him there and have money flying around and him catching it and putting it in. That would be funny. Mets That's make that happen. Doing. Bobby Bo, go with that. That's a great idea. And Mets, if you want to hire me for marketing and some ideas, I'm available. Hey, I think in Lindor's contract, they threw some deferred money to Bobby Bonilla's contract. <laughs> uh, they can pay anybody how they're playing bobby bonilla hasn't played for oh my goodness how long long time and, and he's getting paid till what was it like 2030 or 2034 it's they still have some years yeah uh, great bobby bobby bonilla, ever i've said hey sponsor the show bobby bonilla that'd be yeah. great all right boys um any other games you want to touch on no, I mean, like I said, I'm going to look a little bit more. I mean, I just glanced. I'm going to – I'll put it out. You know, I'm going to do that today. I'm going to put out some college basketball. I'll put out my teasers, anything like that. I'm going to – I want to try to look at some player props for the Final Four, too, and I'll get that out. It's a big day. There is some horse racing uh, today, too, um, Q. Just let me throw that out. Yeah. Again, we're big into – myself and Matt, we really like the horses. I have some, you know, trackside's really talented with info uh, for that too. That he, I kind of go through him and some of his friends. He has some guys that are really good in horse racing. So I didn't. I mean, I haven't really studied this yet or anything like that. And I'm not doing anything with this, but I'm going to monitor this. You got Santa Anita Derby today. Baffert's horse Medina Spirit is the heavy favorite in that. The trackside gave out Rock Your World two for two, but it's both have been on grass. 
in that one. Keep an eye on the great one. A couple people on Daily Wager said that. Now, Trackside said doesn't know if it has the greatest speed to maybe win the race, but could hit the board. You got the Bluegrass Stakes at Keeneland today. He said maybe keep in mind is a horse to keep an eye on in that one. And then I believe you have the Wood Memorial, and I think there is a heavy favorite in that, but I have not researched that. But if you're a horse racing person, when we get closer to the Derby, we're going to maybe bring Trackside on and maybe um, some other people to give a little info on the Derby because that's a great day. I enjoy that. We usually watch that as a family. I dress up. My daughters dress up. We just kind of have fun with the Derby. So uh, if you like horse racing, we're going to try to get you some info. And like you said, we're trying to give you as many sports as you want here. And again, we've said, if you want something to be brought up on the show, please write us at Notebook Wagering and we will research it and talk about it. Hey, I want something. I want somebody who actually is invested in the ponies to reach out to us and let us know their picks. Hit us up. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's free. Don't don't cost nothing. You like to chit chat about some ponies? Hit us up. I'd love for like the audience to start, and we brought this up a couple times, and it, they just haven't really taken this up. And we do have a decent following that's starting to come with the show. We, yeah, any we'd like to hear your final four thoughts today. We'd like to hear your baseball every day. We'd like to. We'd love to hear it. I'd hey, love we some got haters. We got people on CB radios going up and down the East Coast trucking, baby. We, love our, we love our truck drivers. Yep, man. I our, out Gary from West Virginia. Gary from West Virginia, man. Good guy. Uh, Him and his wife were fantastic. We really enjoyed hanging out with yep. them at the pub. Hey, well, next time we go to the, the casino, we'll uh, we'll hit up Gary and, you know, and uh, see what he's going on. Hopefully we win some money. We, we got to get up there soon, Smitty. We got to see the horses. You know, we got to go. Speaking of baseball, real quick, Matt, did we ever tell you the story about the guy up there? So, Smitty and I go up, and I'll end the show on this, but it's perfect for baseball. So, Smitty and I go up on a Friday, right? <laughs> so, we go to the sports book. We're like, hey, horse racing starts at seven. We'll get there about 5.36, throw a couple, you know, bets in at the sports book. So, we're in line, right? And it's dead. It's a Friday evening. Nothing's going on. It's like in August. <laughs> so, I'm second in line. Smitty's in front of me, so he's first. And literally, there's like eight people. Now, granted, this ain't Vegas, so eight sports book cashiers is a lot, right? So we're going to be up there within five minutes. And I look at my watch, and it's like 6.07, okay? And this guy comes up, and, and I see him pacing around, and he comes up, and he like taps me and Smitty, and he goes, hey, can I cut in front of you? I got to get a bet in. And I just kind of look at him, and I'm thinking internally like, dude, it's only like baseball tonight. Like, what, what game? And he, and he goes, uh, he was like, I got to get like the White Sox game in or something. And I go, relax, dude. It's six Oh nine. First pitch until seven ten. You're third in line. You'll be. So at that time, this lady's like calling me and Smitty over and I'm like, you'll be fine. So he, you know, he gets his bet in probably by six, six I don't know, probably six eleven. So we see him like, <laughs> And he circles back around and he comes to me and goes, hey, can you do me a favor? Can you tell me who won the A's game? And I go, oh, yeah, uh, I hit on that. A's won 6-1 to one today. And he goes, oh, dang it, I stopped. <laughs> he just starts freaking out. <laughs> and oh, what a, what a, that's such a funny story. Oh, and then man. later I was walking to the restroom and I he about, bumped, he about knocked me over walking. He was going like a – I mean, he had to been on – I mean, he was – Hyper man, he was pumped up. He about knocked me over going to the restroom. I I love it. Flying we go back there, we have great times there. Smitty calls out wrong horses and races. Oh, and- I just joke around. That's another fun. I go into the and I'll just start going because Matt, you you've seen those great videos of those. Come on, come on, four, come on, five. Oh yeah. So I'll just go in there and start yelling that. And the one time, like all these people started like looking at the one race, and I'm like, oh, sorry, wrong race. I was looking at the wrong one. <laughs> Uh, I'll end it with two quick stories because I know we got to go. But Smitty and I, two two horse racing stories. So, so one of the listeners uh, and myself and Smitty, we go for New Year's Eve. We're betting on horses. This guy's sitting there, and you know he's typical like West Virginia dress. You know, five X Carhartt shirt down on his knees, gold chain, Carhartt knee up. You know, fluorescent yellow beanie all this so he's betting horses and all of a sudden and he hears well, that's the, a guy that we like to hang around with right we now. do we do but i gotta gotta paint the picture right so he's fitting right in and so he overhears smitty and and 
the guy with us, I don't want to mention names, but he, uh, he was like, Oh, I heard you're from PA. And we're like, they're like, yeah, you know, we, I went to slippery rock. Um, and he was like, Oh yeah, I went to your college for a little bit. And we're like, Oh, that's cool. And he goes, yeah, I sold my books and I had to drop out. <laughs> and then, uh, the last one, the and he had thing. no betting money, so he sold all his books and went to the I track, and then he said he had to drop out. <laughs> I hope he doubled up. Yeah, and the first time Smitty and I go, and I'll never forget it, this old guy sitting there, right? And Smitty and I didn't know where to get the book, and we're looking, and there's, like, no guidance, and it's a pretty rundown inside. And the bar's empty. Like, we're like, Jesus, can we get a Miller Light in that book so we can get these horses going? And all of a sudden, this, like, old guy sitting there, he, like, ushers us over, and he was like, hey, what are you looking for? And somebody goes, where do you get one of those books, you know, for the horses? And he's like, well, you typically get it from the bar. So we look over and it's empty, of course. And he goes, you guys need one. I'm like, yeah, if you don't mind. And uh, he was like, yeah, here you go. I'm like, well, if that's your only one, we don't want to take you. He's like, and he, he like turns around to his back and he pulls out like two more. And he's like, I got plenty. So we bet a little bit and he like calls us over again. He was like, you need tomorrow and Sunday's book too. I got I like seven books jammed down his pants. <laughs> I love it. Great stories. You want to see some interesting people go to an off track betting site like Lad Brooks or whatever and just go on like a Tuesday at like 3 p.m. and oh. you walk in there and you're like, where where are these people from? And and where have they been hiding? Hey, they hide at Walmart after 10 p.m. Oof, man, love it. Love I love it. the gambling world, though. So I do. Hey, we're in it. We're it's a big family. Um, some are funnier than others. Some are smarter than others, and it happens. But hey, we're all family. So uh, great show. We'll be there Wednesday. We'll talk some golf. You know, we'll start looking at the NFL draft. We'll talk. Um, when national championships Monday, right? Monday. Yeah, Monday night. Okay. Uh, maybe we'll get, I don't know. Well, I'll talk to you boys about getting a quick show out, maybe a 15, 20 minute thing. Um, if possible, if not, it's, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll start hammering the draft. We'll hammer baseball. We'll get a little golf in on Wednesday. Uh, and we'll just keep rolling. Perfect. Sounds good. All right, I'm boys. Bang those bookies. Let's find go. Phil's find those winners. Go pirates. <laughs>